This is an adult podcast made for adults by adults. As certified losers, bringing loser films to this podcast is maybe our best idea we've ever had. Some talk on running as transportation and running as exercise. And also, listen to us cry about the good old days of our low-stake life. Please enjoy this episode of Fake Film Fans. everybody, welcome to Fake Film Fans. I want to thank you all for listening. I'm Suede Best, a giant sentient bird. I'm Walter, and I'm super excited to share my TV show today. I think I think <laughs> I think we need a name change, right? No longer are we fake film fans. We're real TV fans because how much TV we fucking love. We just love TV. Oh my god, you give me so some triggered. TV, please. You're so give me some TV. You're so triggered. You watch so much TV. Are you kidding me? You watch so much TV. But I haven't watched TV in a really long time that's the problem you just watch you just watch vr chat which is definitely worse yeah i only watch vr chat streams so if you guys don't know this streamer called brothel gator where there's drama and controversial shit between mutes and talkers and they're all dgens so it's like soap opera drama but they all talk about sniffing feet and getting fucked by giant spiders. So it's kind of like our podcast. Yes, but they're anime girls and we're ugly losers. We, no, we could be anime girls. They've never seen, first of all, Slough has already said this on the podcast. You did cut it out, but Slough did say we were beautiful in the episode that we did with him. Number two, we could be anime girls. They, no one's ever seen us. We could be cute anime girls and they won't know. I am confessing I am not an anime girl because I self-hate myself because I'm not an anime girl. Like it's actually something... I I despise myself for <laughs> I could be an anime girl. Congratulations to you. Do you think man. I could be an anime girl? Yeah. You're looking at me right now via, via our, our, our chat. Am I or am I not an anime girl? You can tell the viewers now. I mean, I think that's up to your choice to identify. But I know that I have extreme self-hatred. You shouldn't. You're very adorable. You're just like a cute little bear. You're a little, you're a cute little hair, hairless teddy bear. I don't give a shit about being cute. I can look like Arnold Schwarzenegger for all I care. I'm still gonna hate myself because I'm not a cute little anime girl. I wanna be Rinto Saka or Taiga or Yui in K-On. Like, I would love to be an airhead that doesn't need any responsibility and gets worshipped and celebrated. You are two-thirds of those things already. You just don't get worshipped or celebrated. I'm just not an anime girl! <laughs> That's the problem. It's I'm true. just not it's an true. anime girl. I'm sorry that you're not an anime girl. I don't want to be sorry, an anime well. girl that has to fight. So maybe Rinto Osaka is not a good choice, actually. I'll take that one back. Doesn't the Palm Top Tiger do some fighting? I know she doesn't like 100% fight, but she's like tough. She has a baseball bat she uses, right? I mean, her main goal and mission is to like eat and go to school. But a lot of the fighting girls, they have like the burden of saving the world. That's not really in my jam. If you're going to be like a Hinata, you got to like do ninja stuff. There's like responsibilities that I would not want to deal with. That's like really what it is. No, see, if I was going to be a cute anime girl, I would want to be a cute anime girl from a sports manga. That way, like there are responsibilities, but they're not the like super intense responsibilities where like if I lose, it's not like the world is over. I just have to have I get to have a moment with my upperclassmen where we're both crying because this is their last chance to go to the finals. 
and they didn't get to go, and so they're passing on the torch of, like, you have to go in the finals for us, you know? That's actually a good choice, but I'm struggling to think of sports animes that have a team full of girls unless they're shoujo manga, and shoujo manga usually doesn't get adapted to anime. And usually the girls in these sport animes are just the coach or the manager. I was thinking about Tepu. Tepu's a pretty good mar- mixed martial arts uh, manga about girls. So Tepu's good. Crimson um, Hero's good. I love Crimson Hero. I don't know Crimson Hero. Volleyball shoujo manga. Never adapted. Dog- Dalkara is pretty good too. I don't know which one's Dalkara. It's about a, a like a, a martial arts master who uh, like karate master who dies and gets reincarnated into the body of this girl. Her family owns this like small shitty dojo and he like wants to bring it to power. Okay, give me one that's not martial arts then. Oh, dude, I only read martial arts manga. That's so dumb. There's tons of sports mangas that are in martial arts. No, I know, but I, I'm trying, I'm struggling to think of uh, sports mangas that involve girls. Yeah, right sports mangas are pretty sexist. Characters. That is what we've concluded with. Oh, Ippon is a, is a, uh, I guess this is martial arts. This is, this is somewhere in between martial arts. They use the sword. The wooden sword. Kendo. Kendo manga. Swade was good. making the fishing motion, not the kendo motion, just so <laughs> everyone knows. Have you ever read any fishing manga? Because there is a really good slice of life fishing manga that's like totally fantastic. It's called The Pier Club, Edge's Pier Club. It's totally good. Okay, we need to stop talking about anime, talk about what we really are here for today. But I will say one of these days we're going to do like a bonus episode or something where we just talk about manga. Denied. <laughs> I'm not gonna wow. do shit when you ask me to do something from now on. It's just not gonna happen. King Kong was the last one. Uh, so then, did you not watch something I suggested today also? Yeah, I did. I failed. You're right. Oh! <laughs> but I, I think I, I kind of have something to admit, Walter. It's kind of serious. These last few weeks, I've kind of had a crisis of faith. Jesus and Vishnu and all these gods and stuff. The world seems so bleak, and I just wish... I wish I knew what God looked like and that led me to decide that i think i know what god looks like and i wanted to tell you because i know i'm right let's actually start first with this this is a good question what if any pronouns do you think god uses is god a he a she a they something more complicated something more nuanced no i don't think god has any pronouns because if god did have pronouns some languages in the world would make no sense because some languages don't use pronouns so I was going to say it as a catch-all. Just like God is an it. I mean, that's very Chinese of you. I'm the new Chinese boy. Welcome, welcome. Did you know this, though? That all pronouns in Chinese are ta. Yeah, oh, yeah, and it's all contextual, right? It's all you have to use context to figure out stuff. Well, in modern Chinese, when you write, they did add gender into it because we've been cucked by the gender rules of the real world. Because China was never living in the real China's world. Because China's it's an imaginary land. Yeah, it's an imaginary fantasy exactly. world. That's why Shang Chi existed. Yeah, when you <laughs> speak, it all just sounds like Ta. And you don't. People say you need context clues, but it's like, who gives a shit? Like if you call everything it, 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 or they, 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 or them, 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 there's no context clues needed. It just comes naturally. You know what people are talking. Okay, about. but well, you're yeah because of the context clues. Okay, but context clues makes it sound like you gotta like sit down and deduce like Sherlock Holmes or some shit. It's the same with English. There are context clues to figure out what you're talking about. Like, if I say, go over there, if I don't point, you need context clues to figure that out. But the context clues are not like, let me put on my detective hat. Let me be an an ancient study man. It's just like, the context clues tell you. Okay, that means one plus one equals two. You have to use context clues to figure it out. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't need, it needs prior knowledge. It needs the knowledge that there are, like, separate things. A priori knowledge. Yes. Okay. A priori. All right, I think I understand your point i just think when people talk about it like you need context clues 
you know, because of how political pronouns are, it's like so dumb. Do we, do we agree? Do you agree with me? God is it? I agree. But the sake of debate, what if God's pronouns were gibberish? Then I would secede because then I wouldn't need to use words, which is my favorite part Wait, of life. Wait, uh, I'm confused. So like if God's pronoun was, but then the next time I reference, and then the next time I reference, okay. So, so here's, here's the first thing I want to say, which is that, oh, god damn it. It's like, it's like your words are mental radiation and they're just like giving me brain cancer. Okay. When I say God's pronouns, I don't mean something ontological, like some, some truth about God that those are like its pronouns. I'm saying is a way to refer to the God, right? We, you do need a way to refer to the God. Otherwise, this conversation doesn't go anywhere. Cause if it's gibberish, then like, yeah, you know what God is? Fleeble, flabble, quibble, wobble, goo. And like, that's the end of the conversation. We're, we're, we're taking something unlanguageable and putting it no, to no, language. I, I so understand no, it can't that, be gibberish. Like, gibberish it just because- changes, right? Let me use it in a sentence. God is great. Ah, is awesome. Is beautiful. Is all powerful. You would know everything because of the context clues. I mean, if you want to call that context clues, I think it's Walter. A I will agree knowledge. with you. No, <laughs> I, Walter. I will agree with you, but only if you admit that those are context. Okay, clues. context clues. Let's go. Gibberish context okay, clues. Okay, gibberish context clues. All right, I agree. Sure, I will. Gonna, I'm going to continue using it because I like words. And don't like gibberish. Okay, I will try to continue using gibberish, but I do admit I probably will fail when I reference... Almost, almost, it's interesting. It's almost like you're going to have trouble doing that because it's a really stupid (laughs) idea, almost. Like, isn't that interesting? It's like almost like something that's really dumb and stupid. Have you considered God is stupid? God, God might, well, all right, let's, let's, all right, let's ask that question. Is God stupid? Is God smart? What is God? I, I think, I think whatever God is... I think it is probably sort of like this dumb, sort of mute fungus. Less of something that can, like, think and do based on, like, logic, and more something that, like, is based on just reactions. Like, almost mechanical, but biological. But not biological, because biological puts it in this realm. Instead, it's, like, parabiological. Like, the function of biology in a higher plane of existence. Whatever biology in that plane of existence looks like, that's the biology of God. It's like a machine and a fungus and like a corpse all at the same time. I like fungus. If is uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I can't do this bit forever. <laughs> no, it's you're gonna have to. You committed. You have to commit to the bit. Walter. Okay, okay. I'll do my bit. <laughs> I think if no is a fungus or like a mushroom, I like that idea where there's no central brain, but is a big family that controls a bunch of miniature individuals whatever fungus and mushrooms are because those things are fucking crazy no one understands what they are no one understands what mushrooms are it's all bullshit everyone's like oh it's a plant or something people always say things about mushrooms but no they don't understand it's something completely different actually people don't understand what the fuck is a mushroom like the fact that the mushroom sort of acts like a herd but doesn't have a central brain confuses the living fuck out of scientists. Like scientists still can't explain how these mushrooms work. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> what? I'm gonna. It just doesn't sound true. <laughs> no, that can't be true. It is true. Scientists have to know about mushrooms. No, they know about mushrooms. They just don't understand why the mushrooms don't act like with a central sort of dynamic. I feel like you're making shit up. I mean, but... they know about mushrooms. That's why we could eat them and not die. And that's why some people can eat mushrooms and get high. Oh, I did the rhyming, you fucking asshole. That's right. You did the rhyme this time. And now it's your time for the rhyme crime, you piece of slime. Get slapped. Slap Walter. Who? God? Do you think this God that we've created, because very clearly I've realized we are the, the, the heralds of this new religion, right? No, I'm actually, no, I'm just describing the Bible. Okay, you're describing Bible God. No, I'm, no, I'm reciting the Bible. Oh, yeah, I see, yeah. I see. I don't know those I, chapters. I actually but, had um, Bible study just today, so. What Christian denomination is it? Islam. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Somebody just cancel Walter already. Just cancel. Just cancel. Okay. So do you think God, do you think it does purposeful action, like divine intervention, mm. choice, and belief? Or do you think it's something like predetermination? Because I have a feeling the things that happen are less choices created by God and more a consequence of the original action created by God. Like there was one er moment where this like parabiological higher plane fungus thing did an action of some kind that created everything and everything that's happened afterwards is just a response to that original action. I mean, I'm not against your theory, but in my experience, whenever I've experienced God, I've always felt it's very intentional because I sin every day, right? So whenever I sin, I get punished. What kind of sins do you do? Scratching my dick, lying, I lie a lot. I always lie. Well, and uh, everyone knows that in the Christian Muslim Bible, scratching your dick is a sin. I mean, it's sodomy. It's sodomy. When when Jesus and Muhammad did a fusion dance and became Jesus Hamid, he made it that scratching your dick is actually the true sin. And, but an anal sex is not sodomy. An anal sex is not sodomy in any Bible. Those freaking idiots who have decided to read that verse and pretend that's about anal sex are stupid. Okay. But okay. if you read okay. the Holy Bible, you'll realize that... Ashashi always uses light to show himself. And every single morning I get up, there's light outside my window. So I know I'm being punished. So for you, you the place of holiness is going to be like a shadow realm, like a world of darkness? I don't know what the place of holiness is, but that freaking heat from that light, when it gets through my windows... I am mad. It's punishment. You're being punished by the heat. Especially if you're walking out on the street and whatever that light is beating on you, making you sweat. God damn it. I hate it. I, it's so weird to me, dude. It's so weird to me. I, trust me. I don't like getting sweaty and like being stuck in the sun and the heat like forever. But like there's something really nice about like sitting out in the warm, smoking a cigarette, drinking a brewski, drink a little, a little ice cream uh, shake, like a little, a little milkshake in the heat. So good, man. You just don't realize you're being punished by God. <laughs> God is punishing I'm you. I'm ignorant of of God's speak true punishment. Speak in tongues, otherwise you won't be able to ask for forgiveness right now. I have to speak in tongues. Wait, actually, this is a question I have for you. Speaking in tongues is not racist, right? Like, if you mimic speaking in tongues, I don't think so. Most of the people I know who speaks in tongues are white Baptists. I mean, it depends, like what speaking in tongues you're referencing. That's right? fair, yeah. Because most of the people I've met who spoke in tongues are Ghanaians. Okay, see, I was about to talk about those <laughs> those Ghanaian TV shows where, like, the preacher comes and, like, exercises the demons from people, and it's like, 
in front of everyone, you know, like, kind of like, almost like Dr. Phil, only for demons. Have you seen these, like... No, but I was in Ghana. So you know what I'm talking about. Yes, because I've seen it firsthand. So probably doing that is racist, maybe. But in America, most of the people speaking tongues are white. I don't know if that's true. Okay. My experience has told me that most of the people I know who speak in tongues, and I don't know many of them, but I've heard, you know, like, most of the people I know who speak in tongues are Baptists. So do you think mushrooms actually have tongues? No, they don't have tongues. That's a stupid thing to say. What's wrong with you? <laughs> punish yourself. Wait, well, go, I, go be in the don't sun. Don't worry. Go when I wake up tomorrow, I will be punished for my blasphemy just now. Do you think you're being punished <laughs> by being in a different time zone than I am? That my my current time zone is the more godly time zone? Like, it's the correct one? Yeah. I, I actually really believe in that stuff. Like, Eastern, Eastern Standard Time is the true time of God? Well, I would call it Europe because they were the ones who came around and told them told everyone else that they were the true time zone so no 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 no, no. oh okay. no they maybe in the beginning but then we did the revolutionary war to be the true time zone and we won every war that america has ever been in is over time zones they'll say it's about terrorism slavery or fear of communism or slavery <laughs> <laughs> it's all about time zones i really love where this conversation went to <laughs> <laughs> i think i think we probably have one more question about god which is that do you think god is likes our podcast do you think our podcast is the most godly podcast well no because our podcast is a singular essence while we already said that hey is a mass amount of like things like a mushroom that's true god is god is everything so we would be very far away from it actually how much conversations we have and how many topics we reach maybe that's a little godly we're actually just talking about spinoza right now also yeah yeah no that's why god should like our podcast right now because besides spinoza we're the only ones (laughs) who have actually spoke truly authentically it's true of god so list of great religious philosophers go walter and suede and spinoza number one number two uh one of the mega churches <laughs> okay one of the mega churches nah fuck and the- number three no 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 one knows anything about god except us three except us and spinoza maybe uh ja rule ja rule yes also i think De- i think uh deleuze and Qatari schizophrenic table is is spinozian in some ways yeah but they're not talking about god they're doing what the mega church pastors do they take a godly scripture and tell us why this applies in the real world well but the, i mean but there is a difference between deleuze and the mega churches that deleuze <laughs> and Qatari get rid of transcendent <laughs> stuff right i mean they they get rid of they get rid of the supernatural i was reading the bible and know there are four witches in this podcast you viewers we're gonna strike you we're gonna strike you it's time to strike 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 we said we're gonna do a podcast on films about losers the problem is i watched like i don't know six films and none of them felt like they really fit the topic it's kind of hard to tell from the posters so instead i asked sway to give me a bunch of films to watch and the suggestion he gave me all of them were really cool but i ended up deciding to bring this reality tv show called the biggest loser not 
I brought the biggest loser of all time, and that's you, motherfucker. You're the biggest that's loser me. of all time. I'm the biggest yeah, loser. Yeah, because you never loser. watch any of my films whenever you ask for suggestions. So this was all just a ploy from me to get you to recommend me a bunch of shit, and I wasn't going <laughs> to touch a single one of them. You're the biggest loser okay. this time. You're the biggest I'm fucking the loser. loser. Of I'm course <laughs> I don't give a flying fuck if my movies are not exactly about losers. I'm going to bring my pretentious movies. I didn't bring shit. That you tell me. <laughs> I'm gonna read out Swade's <laughs> list of recommendations, and we're gonna f- look at how big of a loser he is no. for recommending me these loser ass films. So, first of all, no, he no, uh, suggested no. Let the Right One In, that vampire loser film. He recommended Breathless, the Godard loser film. Who's a loser in Breathless, anyways? The main character is a total loser. The guy who keeps fucking with his lips. Are you kidding me? He's like a giant loser. He also told me to bring Eight and One Half, the most famous Fellini movies. So that's a loser pick. Wait, wait, who's a loser in that film? Fellini. Fellini is such a giant loser in that movie. He's like totally lame. Okay, but he still gets all the girls, no? Yeah, but this dude made a movie. I mean, not only is Fellini the character a loser in the movie, <laughs> Fellini the director is a loser in that movie because he makes a movie about how he gets all these ladies. It's like, it's a weird one in that both the director in the movie and the director of the movie are both losers at the same time. Uh, he also told me to bring Christine, the Stephen King adaption. I guess it's probably one of the more uh, less talked about King movies, but still kind of mainstream, still kind of for losers. Next, he told me to bring Little Shop of Horror. That's kind of cool. I like that film. I like the horrors in that shop. But still, it's kind of famous. Very famous 40s black and white movie. So that kind of makes you a loser. Listen here, you little (laughs) fucking shiny asshole. You little fucker. I was talking about the musical version. Okay. I didn't even know there was a musical version. So I would have brought the wrong one if I picked that. Next on the list is School of Rock. One of the biggest 2000 movies that everyone fucking remembers as a child. Fucking mainstream as shit. What a loser. Swayed. Again. Loser. 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 I don't, I don't like this. Then he told me to bring Clerks, the utter huge 90s coming of age film, and Days of Confused. So he hit both of the loser fucking suggestions. Too mainstream. Too fucking losering. You are the biggest loser. And finally, The Mask, which I know is one of your favorite movies. But still, mainstream as fuck, you are the biggest loser. That is the conclusion of my section. No, you are the biggest no, loser. You are the I'm biggest cool. loser. I'm cool. I'm cool, Walter. <laughs> Say I'm cool. If I gave your list to anyone, You're hurting my feelings. they would give you an F for how loser your list of suggestions were. If I gave anyone your list of movies, you know what they would say? Wow, look at this pretentious asshole. I bet he doesn't like anything. I bet he doesn't even (laughs) like movies. He just pretends to like movies so he can seem erudite. Well, that's true, but that makes me a winner. No, it makes you a loser. (laughs) I'm awesome because I actually can enjoy things. No, you can't, because even though I bring the most mainstream movies sometimes to the podcast, you still fall asleep. (laughs) If you weren't so boring, I'm... No, you know what? You know what? I'm trying to be positive. This is new positive suede. New positive suede. You know what, Walt? You know what, Walt? Yeah. You know what I have to say to that? What? You know what I have to say to that? Yeah. I'm going to kiss you. I'm going to kiss you on the mouth. And then I'm going to... You're going to get my loser germs. You're going to get my loser germs. You're going to get my loser cooties on your lips. All right. And you'll slowly transform into a wear loser. I am the biggest loser. You're right. I did not want to bring any of your movies. Actually, I never planned to, even though when I asked for suggestions, because I had this bit planned for so long. And I finally am getting my revenge for how many fucking times you've never watched my fucking movies when I suggested them to you. Yeah, so I didn't bring The Biggest Loser. I did watch an episode just to check it had any potential in wanting to bring it. 
I will say the uh, gym instructor is really hot. The girl. Jillian Michaels. Yeah, that's where my brain ended with that. It's kind of a fucked up show though, right? I mean, yeah, but reality TV in general, it's very hard to find it's a reality fucked. TV show that's not fucked. Like even fucking like Gordon Ramsay when he's like screaming at people for like not getting their sushi right. Dude, first of all, it's not your culture. And second of all, the only reason why you can scream is because in history, women were cooking and then the men were the judgment of food. So the fact that you can scream is literally perpetuating 600 years or like even longer, 4,000 years of history of women trapped in the kitchen serving to their judgy men. You know what's not a fucked up TV show for a reality TV show? First Errand. Am I old enough? Whatever that show I watched is called. That is a good reality TV show. Oh, oh, also, you know what else is a good reality TV show? America's Funniest Home Videos. It's great. It's just like good, good, wholesome stuff. Okay. Yeah, super wholesome. You don't think it's wholesome? Are you being sarcastic? I mean, I think some people fuck up their friends for pranks just to get on there. Yeah, but it's not like fucked up in a like systematic way. It's just like people being assholes. It's just like, this baby just took a tumble. And you like, or like, look at this cat. It bit this dude's balls. Like, you know, there's no, there's no systematic violence there. It's just like good goofs. And sometimes people's nuts get hurt. So what did you bring? You fucking stupid, mean spirited. <laughs> You're a little coal. That's what you are. You're just a little angry lump of coal. A little piece of charcoal. Mean charcoal. What did you bring? Uh, yeah. So I brought The Runner by Amir Nattery. It's mostly just about a kid who's an orphan who has no home. And he's like 12 probably and he's like working to collect trash and recycling on the shores of Iran. And it's a coming of age story of him. He's a kind of a loser because society treats him as a loser. But this movie is called The Runner. So I actually want to talk about running, which is super fucking funny because you have recently wanted to get into running. I hate running a lot. Instead of me fucking going ham about how much I hate running... I want to hear why running is attractive to you. No, but so I, I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, hey, you're 27, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and you eat candy all the time, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and you smoke, right? And I'm like, yeah. And so he's like, you should probably do something about your health or you're going to be really unhealthy very soon. And also you could be pre-diabetic. And I was like, oh shit, all those things sound bad. And so I, I did some soul searching and I got some blood drawn and my blood sugar is normal, by the way. Dr. Who's you what's it? I'm not going to put put you on blast. Um, but he, he is right. You know, my body's changed in the last five years. And that's something that happens as you get older, right? It's not that big a deal. You know, you have to, at a point, you have to acknowledge the fact that, like, if you don't do upkeep on your body, then it's going to continue falling to pieces, right? So I, I started going to the gym and I, I've cut out candy. I've been pretty successful about everything except last night I did eat a large amount of cake by myself because I was feeling very sad. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I have started running. I don't like doing it, but I feel good after I do it, which is one thing. And I also like listening to podcasts while I run. So I I, I don't know. I, I don't love running as an action. I like chasing things too. Like I remember that or, or outrunning people. Like that was something we did a lot. I used to do in college was like, you know, like I would slap Tori and then he would chase me. You like playing tag. You don't have yeah, to make it yeah, sound yeah, yeah, so yeah. fucking complicated. There's a fucking easy word for it. Tag, baby. Only I'm kids play tag, by the way, just so everyone is on the same page. That's why Swade is the loser again. Normal kids play tag. Loser kids play weird games with Mighty Beans and uh, <laughs> lick their action figures, boobs, and abs. No, so I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to be able to run again, you know, and I, I'm actually really surprised. I can, like, jog for a little bit without dying. I don't know. Not, not many of my friends who smoke can do that. So I, I'm, like, feeling a little good about that. So do you think it's, like, the ease of 
running as an exercise that kind of makes it attractive because it's so easy. You can do podcasts. Therefore, running becomes the exercise. That, and I, I do think there's something nice about moving from one place to another quickly, like running fast. It's just hard to do. But like the better you get at it, the more fun it is to like go from one place to another quickly. And I don't I don't know quite how to explain it like in any way that's intellectual. I have a feeling it has to do with like brain chemicals and stuff like endorphins and everything. This is actually fine that you brought this up because the running in this movie is not really exercise. If we wanted to talk about running in The Runner, it is way more about what you're talking about. Wait, so are you saying in this film running is not about the act of running, but about getting from one place to the next? It is about the act of running too, though. It's just less about exercise. Less about health. This kid basically goes through many different types of jobs and situations, and a lot of types of running happens in those moments. Uh, he runs away from sharks when he's picking up recycled water bottles from the ocean. He runs to catch robbers who like steal from him in fact they steal just a bottle of water and he runs after that robber for like five minutes to just get like one cent and he's like super happy after he catches him and is like feeling really good about it despite the fact it's like worth nothing he runs when he plays games with his friends and then he also races his friends then there's like different emotions the shark running he was really scared there's also, he has a friend who goes on a boat to find a new job and he's like crying, but he's like saying bye to his friend. He's like proud he's leaving. And he's like running after the boat. Exactly. Yeah. Running in this movie is like running to almost survive. It's more desperate. It's more physical. It's more. Well, it's the point of running. It's like, like we live in a world now where like you don't necessarily have to run anymore. Uh, but that's actually, I mean, there are plenty of people who still have to run. I mean, it's, it's, and you mentioned, you said, you know, it's only a penny. It's not worth anything, but it's clearly worth something to this kid, right? I mean, like, I think in the same way that, like, a penny's not worth anything to us because of the class echelon we're in uh, is very similar to running. And the reward he gets from running it is like, oh, I survived from a shark. Oh, I survived to get this penny that this person stole from me. And he's always smiling after he finishes a run or at least if there's some satisfaction that you could literally see on someone who's running to lose 10 pounds but at the same time the like existential that satisfaction is different it, it, i i found that sort of metaphor really fucking cool have you ever had to do physical actions like that like desperately having to run yeah, yeah, yeah no but i will say one time i broke someone's heart they ran to me to give me a book because they didn't want to see me anymore and i started walking away from them and in my head it clicked i need to run back and apologize so i ran back and tried to catch them to apologize it does that count <laughs> was this was this toby what Who's Toby? Was it? Donut. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, who will be referred to on this podcast as Toby? <laughs> so I, when I was really little, one Halloween, I uh, was coming back home and I was suddenly being chased by what I assumed was a horrible horrible flesh-eating wolf it turned out to be the neighbor's wiener dog <laughs> like no shit it was just a wiener dog it scared the piss out of me but it was really sad i mean like that was a moment where like running was like not about just like oh i'm just running it was about survival in my mind the last time i like ran because of danger was probably uh <laughs> when uh when i was in high school me and the metalheads i hung out with and then like it was just like a bunch of trashy metalheads like kids with like piercings and like girls whose like wrists were covered in like jelly bra slits with the spiked blue hair and they were edgy suburb kids who like hated their parents or whatever so your ex 
<laughs> hey, ex, if you're listening to the podcast, shout out. I, t- I actually recently talked to my ex on the phone for a, a long time. It was really good. It oh, was my good God. Why them. did you say that? We, remember, we're just copying and pasting our old bits into the new podcast. Don't add oh, new I forgot. things. So I forgot. Now it's awkward. How do I edit this now? Now it's awkward. Okay, um, what? You talked no. to your ex and you guys made up and fucked and it was bad and then you broke up again oh and then you God. fucked again Jesus. and it was bad. What, what was the story? No, I'm, I'm talking <laughs> about in high school. We, so we were hang, we would hang out behind the 7-Eleven and we would like smoke cigarettes and act like delinquents. And uh, one of my buddies was a little drunk and was throwing glass bottles against the wall. And uh, we were just like doing our thing. And then the dude, my fucking hype dude, he doesn't work at the 7-Eleven anymore, but he was awesome. He was this real tall guy with like a fro and half of the fro was blue. He came out and he was like, yo, man, you better get out of here. Some lady just called the cops on you guys. We were like, what? And he was like, yeah, y'all better get out of here. So we're like, oh, okay. And so we started walking away like slowly. And then like as soon as we were like halfway out the parking lot, the car, the cops pulled up and like flashed their lights and like, woo-woo! and so we all just took off and I ran, I ran into the woods and ended up running face first into an electrical power box and like totally busting my face. I, I just like leaned back again and just kept running. And so that was the only, that's like the last time. And I, it was super satisfying at the end. I was like, I outran the cops. And, you know, looking back on it, the cops didn't even get out of their car. They were just, like, flashing their lights so we would leave. I'm glad you shared those stories because you said, like, despite the fact that people always sell the satisfaction of running in exercise, that satisfaction that you felt actually running for a purpose of, I don't know, life or whatever you want to call it, there's still a satisfaction Adrenaline, there. Fighter, it's a fight or flight. It's fight or flight. Yeah. So it's a, it's such a weird, the marketing of running is almost like weird. Well, <laughs> I, I think it's because people don't want to live stressful lives. So they don't want to like interact with this concept of like running with a purpose, right? Running is supposed to be an act of leisure when it's not, it's not leisurely. It requires exertion. All right. I'm going to talk about my two favorite running scenes in The Runner. The first one is the main character gets ice cubes from a truck. Why does he have the ice cubes? They're just passing out free ice cubes. It's very hot, I imagine. I don't understand how it works. I, I, my, my city is too rich and... Actually, that's fucked up to say. I am too rich and too privileged to fucking experience to ice under, cubes yeah, in that way. You know, like, yeah, Mr. Like, oh, this guy, you know, like, oh, he got a penny for this fucking can. What a, what a, what an idiot. Okay, no let point me clarify what I meant by that statement. That moment when he was smiling, in many movies about, like, poverty and all this stuff, you would be like, oh, it's because it, there, was there, was economic, a, there was an economic gain. But because this movie is about running, it's blurred. You can't tell if the smile is mostly for defeating being cheated or is it mostly for because he completed a run and fucking chased that motherfucker down and i thought that was really cool so i worded that wrong but it is good you pointed out but but that's really what i find about this movie so fascinating that this movie is just about social mobility and getting out of your fucking life and coming of age so there's a lot of things that he is feeling satisfied just from being human but because it's all mixed in with running, every single moment of satisfaction that this kid portrays almost gets mixed into the runner's high. I just was so impressed by how that metaphor worked. But yeah, let me let me just list my two. The bullies are chasing favorite. him. The bullies the bullies are chasing the boy with ice cubes. So he drops the ice cubes. They break into two. One bully takes off, and he chases the other bully. He fucking chases the bully down, grabs the ice cube back, and then is, like, running away from the bully. This whole time, his ice cube is melting. So, by the time <laughs> the scene ends, his ice cube is a tiny fucking thing. And he just throws it on the beach and yells. And is, like, happy. Despite the fact his ice cube is completely gone. 
Because he fucking chased a bluey and got back his Because he, 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 yeah, he, he won. Yeah, he won. But also there's the, there's the pleasure from running. And then my favorite, favorite fucking scene is the boys do a race where a train leaves from a station to the other station and they try to race where they catch the train before it leaves the next station. And they're running on the tracks and the main character loses. But the scene is just watching these kids for like three minutes just desperately trying to catch up the train but you're watching it from the train's back so all you see is these kids just running towards the camera slowly and slowly moving further and further away with their heads like super desperately flinging their arms and their bodies are just like completely spastic and it's a fucking beautiful fucking scene with the scene though let's move on to what the next thing I wanted to talk about, locomotion in this movie is 100% present. There are boats, planes, bikes, trains, cars, trucks. And the kid is obsessed with boats. He's obsessed with planes. He's, he, so he's really interested in locomotion. Because of this, both of these things are put side to side, running and machine movement. One of the cool things is how these kids run on everything. So no one runs on air. There's no magic where someone's fucking running on air. Maybe uh, Sun Wukong can, but Sun Wukong was not in this movie, unfortunately. So, or the or the the fat guy in um, Shaolin Soccer, <laughs> <laughs> or a raindrop. And Sanji, Sanji learns how to walk on air along with. Oh, what were the, what were those guys called in, in your favorite your favorite characters in One Piece? The CP9. One of the things they learn how to do with their like crazy martial art is they like just kick the air to keep running. It's called air walk. Funny enough, they do run on water because they run away from the shark. Not like Jesus, where Jesus gets to walk on water, but, you know, they run through water. You mean Jesus Hamid, the fusion of Jesus and Muhammad from your Bible studies. Yes, exactly. is great. Uh, <laughs> they run on the train tracks, as I mentioned before, and they obviously run on roads. The fact that running is more flexible. I mean, no, you, you can run like a car. Cars are a little more complicated because technically they can drive a lot of places, but there are only certain places cars are allowed to drive on. Uh, same thing with boats, right? Boats can only do water, and, and, and trains and are only train only tracks, water, right? They can only do water outside of my water bottle. Okay, but you also can't run inside your water bottle, Walter. So that's a stupid thing. Oh, uh, wait, wait, you're right about that. Fuck, I thought I opened up the biggest Newton theory. No, you didn't. What you did was you showed your ass. You showed how stupid you were. You are the biggest loser now. You are now the biggest loser because you Wait, don't is, understand how is water the loser is. like cooties where we, whoever says yes, the last Yes, yes, you have now thing. gotten the loser. You are now, you now have the loser on you. Loser, loser. But, but running can do, like, so you, you can't drive your train through a mall, but you can run through a mall. And you can't drive your car through a forest because there are trees in the way. But you can run through a forest, even though it's not as quick. And here's, like, here's the words I want to use. Running is restrictive because it's more physical and more tiring. But at the same time, it's not because you can run on anything. It's restrictive based on speed and energy consumption, but not based on location. You can run basically anywhere where your feet can touch the hard ground. Really, the only place you can't run is the water. And uh, he ran. He ran through water. Yeah. You see, you can run if your feet can touch the ground. You can run through water, but you can't run just straight in water. You can swim. And you also can't run in air. If, unless you double jump, like you press X twice on your body. Exactly, like Mario. Like Mario. You know how like people get split tongue? Like they cut yeah. their tongue up to have two tongues? Yeah, you can input you can input a sort of USB 3.0 into your body and then just plug it into a controller. Then you press double X and you'll jump 
twice. Okay. Well, how do I how do I get my level up screen? I want to level up. I want to increase my intelligence. Well, I don't know if they have had that technology invented yet, unfortunately. I don't need a controller to double jump. I just do it because I'm a fucking Chad and you're fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I would love to see someone double jump. I'll do it right now. Look, I'll do it right now. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take off my headphones. Dude, I'm gonna do you, it. you do realize these bits, they just don't translate to It'll the podcast. It'll be funny. It never is. I always Listen to them. They're never funny, dude. They're never funny. See? I totally did. See? I totally double jumped. I totally double jumped. I totally think this is going to translate to the podcast perfectly. (laughs) Do you think... Do you think... Because here's what I'm thinking about. The idea of running as a way to escape preconceived notions. When I was running from those police at that moment, I wasn't thinking about how, like, I was the only guy there who hadn't kissed a girl yet. I was the only guy who, like didn't have as nice houses as the people I was hanging out with. I was the only guy who, like, couldn't play an instrument or didn't have, like, cool tattoos or, like, a dope haircut. I wasn't thinking about how I was, like, different from the crew I was hanging out with, right? I was just escaping all of that in the act of running from a perceived danger. It can erase, doesn't always, but it can erase a lot of the other thoughts inside of your zone. Oh, man. If, I mean, if you want to, yeah, yeah, the things that are, like, pressed upon you or that you've pressed upon yourself, these sort of labels and elements... This is why I'm trying to tell you that this is really exciting to me. Why this film is super exciting to me. Because, yes, you're exactly 100% correct. Running is freeing. This is what the movie is showing. Running for this kid is freeing. But at the same time, it is the absolute symbol for restriction, desperation, physical fatigue when you really can't do it. And this kid actually can't outrun where he fucking is. Actually, there is some social mobility that happens. He finally decides to go to school, but he doesn't run in school. He sets down. He learns. When it's also like the act of running won't let him outrun his problems. It lets him not think about them, right? So there's this almost this sort of like sort of zenish mindfulishness thing where it's like running is not an answer to a problem. It is a way to escape from those problems momentarily, but only insofar as those problems are of context. Those are contextual problems. Those are problems that have context with each other. And the act of running erases context because there is only you exerting your body. Going on that point, let's push it further. You escape through the restraints. You're calling those restraints. You're calling physical exertion and stuff like that a restraint. I think it's both because it's the, I can't do it, but I need to do it. The best way to explain this is if you see the shots of these kids running, there are so many shots of these kids where they're physically completely dead and they're falling on top of each other and they can't run anymore, but they still get up and do it again. Beating that restraint doesn't mean anything if that restraint doesn't okay, exist. Okay, quiet your mouth. Zip it. Lock it. Put it in your pocket. I need you to define what the restraints are in the context of what you're talking about for the sake of this conversation and for our listeners. The body! The body! What do you What do you mean? Like, I don't understand how I'm not defining you, you, it. No, I just needed a word. I don't know if you know this, Walter, but there's like a way people communicate where they use words and they say things and then they explain what those things mean and you have defined it. And I want to thank you for that. I think if listeners did not understand what I was talking about through context don't clues. Don't be mean to the listeners. Don't be mean to the listeners, Walter. Okay, don't I apologize. What I really want to say is I think you're the only one who did understand it. Okay, you think I'm the stupid one. <laughs> You're the loser. Loser card passed to you. Now. I'm the loser now. 
I caught the loser. God damn it. No, but I think we talked about God earlier. I think that that is one of the things that like a lot of religious conversations circle back to is the body as like a prison. I mean, again, in Buddhism, right? The desires come from the body. You know, desire is described as chains or fetters, right? I mean, again... You know, in, in, in the idea of, like, spiritual freedom, the body is almost always a prison. I just feel like I'm presenting how the body being a prison and because of running, the body is freeing you. And you're, like, getting hooked onto one side and then not recognizing that both of them are working together. Uh, well, so th- I see what you're saying. Not only is the body a prison because of its lack of, like, freedom, but it is also, the body is also capable of giving freedom because without a body, you can't run through those restraints. And that experiencing those restraints is what lets you have the moments of freedom. And I think this film does one of the best jobs. Well, what about boxing movies? What about boxing movies? You don't think you experience that in boxing films like like Rocky? I think or- I do. But this film is so fucking ham-fisted with the metaphor. Also, like, sport movies, the stakes are just different. Or maybe more, it's like there's two parallel worlds and most sport movies try to keep them very separated. Sport movies have like an obvious real world and an obvious sport world. But like the runner, those two worlds are like way more blurred. I was actually talking to these folks who came into my bookstore. They were totally chill. The only thing weird about them was that one of the dude was like really into Christian philosophy. You know, not it's not like every Joe Schmo is like reading Spinoza and Leibniz and Descartes. I would say St. Augustine is really where you're like, oh, you're a Christian philosopher. Or Thomas Aquinas. Uh, but anyhow, we start talking about how complicated things are right now, how rough global politics is and how, how, how it has been for a very long time. And this dude just like, I don't know where it's like, yeah, well, I mean, I believe uh, in Revelation. Revelations. Uh, we, me and my girlfriend actually think this is going to happen soon. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, 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 You know, the persecutions of the Christians is going to increase a hundredfold and then Christ will rise again. He like sort of stopped and like mulled over his words and was like, I think the easiest way to describe it would be our spirits are downloaded into another body. Me and my, my, my group of people who worship, you know, we think that like the body is not even all that important. It's just like a momentary blip that the truth is after in the, in the holy afterlife. I kind of feel like I believe him, except I think it's more like we all get on VR chat so our bodies disappear. Oh my god. I feel like I just got, like, fucking mental and spiritual aids by those words you said. So let me fucking try and reiterate and focus. Walter, has everyone said any... Jesus, see, you've ruined my brain. Has anyone ever said something to you that's so stupid that you, like, can't quite, like, figure out how to respond to it? Usually when someone says something super stupid to me, I try to out-stupid them. That's true. That is very, that is very much, that is a prime Walter. That is a primo Walter technique. That is like <laughs> one, Walter, Walter shenanigans 101. All right. So are you saying that after we reach the end of our mortal coil and like our, our candle is snuffed, we enter into a VR chat world? Or are you saying that rather than worry about our spirits on death, we should instead just all do VR chat all the time? Uh, ladder. We should all just become anime girls and our bodies are gone. Like, this Christian guy is arguing for. That's true. I mean, you guys are similar. The only difference is that, like, he's saying that, like, this new body is an eternity. To whereas VR chat is limited by the amount of time you can exist, right? God hasn't decided where he wants to put us. Like, he might actually just be like, well, the reason why computers are invented was because of revelations. I just wanted everyone to be anime girls. God is a, a chubby Chinese guy with a bull haircut and uh, a movie fetish. Me? 
Yeah, you're God. You're God, <laughs> Walt. You've been God this whole time. Well, you're not using the right pronouns for me, that's for sure. That's though. true. You're, you're scribble, grabble, gribble, grew. I, I, and he also wouldn't tell me what denomination he was from. He said they were non-denominational. It sounded to me like he was in a cult, personally. It sounded to me like he was a higher up. I like TV shows more than movies, to be honest. Which is why when I was thinking about what name I should give this podcast, I called it Fake Folk Pets. Sorry, I burped. I need to finish that sentence. <laughs> loser! Burping loser! Burp loser! <laughs> All right, burper, I'll, take the burp, I'll take the loser card. I'll take it. I'll take it. I have it. I have it. Walter's new name is Burpo the Clown. I thought it's God. It's God. It's really real. I struggle with TV shows these days because I'm not very good at sitting in a phase of incompletion. You want to finish something. Which is so weird because there are so many shows I haven't finished. Three of my favorite shows, Spongebob, Adventure Time, and Regular Show, one of which I'm talking about today. Oh my I've god, I've not finished. Are you fucking kidding me? Spongebob sucks. Whoa. Hey now, let's slow down with the hate speech. Spongebob's a good <laughs> show. That's wild. Can you both, did you really just say that? I went to Goucher College, and everyone was like, oh my god, Spongebob reference here, there, Spongebob, oh, 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 everyone was like the biggest fucking Spongebob fan. So I was like, yeah, you know it's what? a great TV show. I'm gonna try to like fucking be a human and maybe relate to people. I sat down, I put Spongebob on, I watched four episodes. Holy fuck. Those four episodes were probably the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. It was so You're gonna get so much bad. hate for this. It was so You're gonna get bad. So much hate. None of it made sense. None of it was funny. The colors didn't even work. Like it could have just been pure white. The sound, their voices didn't even make sense to me. See, this is Walter. You make me so goddamn angry because you will sit down and watch a plotless movie where it's just swirling colors for two and a half hours, and it's worthless. But something as genius and hilarious and artistic as SpongeBob brought together by the voice of Tom Kenny, and you're like, eh. I don't think it's I don't eh. think it's bad. I actually don't understand that show at all. It literally blows it's my mind. It's because you're dumb. Anyone cares about it. Okay, but I didn't watch SpongeBob. I watched the regular show. And I really wanted Tori to be on this episode too, because Tori and I love this show. So Mordecai is a sentient talking humanoid blue jay, and his his friend Rigby is a raccoon, and they work as maintenance workers on a farm, and their boss is a gumball machine. So I, I watched three episodes, and the first episode that I that I watched was just set up the chairs where Mordecai and Rigby go to set up the chairs for an event to prove that they're responsible, and then actually accidentally unleash a giant arcade machine monster god that they have to defeat. And the second episode, Mordecai keeps making fun of Rigby because he doesn't have a diploma. So Rigby <laughs> orders this juice offline that makes him super smart. Um, and he and uh, Mordecai just drink it and drink it until they're so smart that they can't understand the world and they have to get dumb again. And the last episode is my favorite where they accidentally knock their boss unconscious and bring him to a party where there's this cute girl and they get into a hot sauce eating contest and have this, they finally, the last thing they drink, it's called the Mississippi Queen, is like so hot that it sends them on like a alcohol drug trip kind of thing. Okay, that was not the episode I watched. 
Oh, what episode did you watch? Uh, the graffiti episode. Oh, about the guy who does graffiti? At the end, he turns out to, like, be a talking spray can, right? Yeah, and he his graffiti can put them into interdimensional portals. I, that is a good one. All right, so I... I all right. You linked but the so wrong the main episodes I, to me. I did. I did. You get the double loser card, so you can't... I don't want to get the double loser card! <laughs> no, you get the double loser card, so you have to... So I have to lose twice before you can give them back okay, now. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Um, so this, this show does this, like, turn, right, where it gets really weird. So the, the episode is just setting up the chairs. They're setting up the chairs. Rigby's hating this. Mordecai's hating this. But they're, but Mordecai keeps pushing Rigby to just do it. And then they find all these old arcade cabinets. And instead of setting up the chairs, they start playing the arcade games. And in the process, find an arcade cabinet that, like, they really shouldn't play, but they do anyways. And it unleashes a giant monster. And they have to get their friend Skips, the, like, immortal talking gorilla, to come help them figure out how to defeat it. I think, I think what I love most about this TV show is how it reminds me of what our lives were like in some ways when we lived together. So Mordecai and Rigby share a room. And Mordecai is like, and Rigby are like always struggling to get things done. And they never want to do it. And they just want to have a good time. And that was like our life when we lived together, right? Like it would be like, oh, I don't want to do this. And we'd be like, but we have to. And then we would end up like doing dumb shit. It was finals and we were all trying to get through. And we were all literature and English and philosophy majors, like uh, social science stuff. So there were no like exams as much as there were just writing, which can be done while you're drunk. But you were by far the drunkest and no one was paying attention to you because we were all trying to get our work done. And so first you put on every piece of clothes you owned. You just put on like every piece of underwear, every shirt. And like, we're like, oh, look at me. I'm a silly boy. I'm a cheeky monkey. Yeah, exactly. You were being a cheeky monkey and no one was giving a shit. And then you took off all your clothes, but your underwear. You know, I was being the Mordecai. I was being like, Walter, we need to get these essays done. And you were being the Rigby and being like, no, come on. I'm a naked cheeky boy. And still no one pays attention to you. So you gather up all your clothes and you go to do the, the, like one giant load of laundry in our basement. And then there was about five minutes of quiet, the calm before the storm. And then all of a sudden I hear jump, jump, smash, jump, jump, smash. And I open up the door and I see this tiny little drunk face, this little <laughs> cherry red face. Walter's face gets drunk when he gets red when he gets drunk. And he's jumping in the air like when Super Mario jumps into the blocks of coins, just punching holes into the ceiling tiles. And I'm like, Walter, what the fuck are you doing? And Walter goes, oh, it was, it was kind of funny. You know, I did it once on accident. I broke a tile and then I just thought I'd do it all. So there was like a line of broken tiles all the way down from the third floor to the laundry room. And I go, Walter, what the fuck is wrong with you? We're going to get charged for this. This is going to cost money. <laughs> we need to get rid of the evidence. And you go, okay, okay, okay. And you go and you take the tiles and you just threw them out of my window as if they were like a, a frisbee. You could have hit someone. But I eventually made you write a letter to our RA saying you were the one who did it and would pay for it and then made you go to sleep. I put you to bed. And that, I mean, that was like so many of our nights were like that, where like it would be like a totally average night. And then all of a sudden of us, one of us would do something. We would play the cursed arcade machine. And then the night would go from normal to crazy. It was always that one thing. It was always that one turn. I will admit I was doing it for attention. Of course. Now, you know what? Double loser. Double 
fucking loser for that one. <laughs> Double okay. I need attention baby boy loser. Okay. It is something I have to work on. I don't know why I need so much attention. <laughs> it's because you're adorable. It's because you're a little cheeky monkey boy. Fuck! Ah, sorry. I apologize. I just had the shame spiral. <laughs> Dude, wait, no, it was really funny, though. There are very few of these nights where I, like, think it was, like, a bad situation. I think, like, getting told to leave and shut the fuck up and all this <laughs> stuff while being mega drunk was just, like, not a good mindset for someone who wanted attention. So I just got really fucking emo. <laughs> <laughs> but there would, so there would always be a turn that I remember where things would go from like bad to worse. And those, those nights with the turn are the ones where one of us would wake up in the morning so ungodly hungover. When we, then Tori and I were living together. It's interesting how dynamics change, right? Because when you and I and Tori were living together, you tended to be the Rigby. You tended to be the one who would like, get us into trouble like oh my god do you remember the time you wanted to go to Chuck E. Cheese and then I tried to get a little girl wait is this story shareable <laughs> if I, I think if I tell it it will be shareable because I don't think you're going to use the right words but I think I can say it in a way that makes it appropriate we were all very drunk and talking about how we wanted to go to Chuck E. Cheese our apartment complex was full of people with large families it was like always folks who like had a bunch of different kids and also a lot of them didn't speak English so there's this little family of like really quiet like family like doing their own thing and Walter's like I want to go to Chuck E. Cheese I want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be great. Well, it'd be so fun, man. Yeah, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. And I, I, I don't know if this is true everywhere, but my understanding of Chuck E. Cheese through both Walter's research is, is if you want to go to Chuck E. Cheese, you need to have kids with you. Otherwise, you're kind of not allowed. And then fucking like Walter's eyes just like, like, you know, like this like little drunk face just like whips towards this family. And I, I see this like spark in Walter's brain. No malice, no evil. Just like, oh, this is something I can do. Kind of like when Lenny from Of Mice and Men, when he kills that woman. It's kind of like that, where he's just like, oh, it's an accident. And like fucking Walter slash Lenny like clomps over there about to like just like talk to this family and be like, let me borrow your kid. And I remember grabbing Walter by his shirt and just yanking him backwards and being like, nope, we're not doing this today. Just like this sudden moment. So you were, you had the Rigby energy when we all lived together. And then when you moved out, because you graduated, it turned into super regular show time. In part because another key element of regular show is Mordecai and Rigby never have enough money because they work menial jobs. And I don't know if the viewers know this, but when we all lived together, Walter paid for like everything. <laughs> like Walter paid for groceries. He, when people like couldn't pay rent, Walter would take over. I remember like I forgot stuff at home when I first came back to Coucher and Walter like bought a bunch of shit for me. I also bought your love. Your love is fake. No, my love is real. <laughs> my love is real. You haven't bought me anything in a very long time, and I still love talking to you. I just wish we bought some love- Like Toby? Romantic relationships with. Like Toby? Yeah, like Toby. <laughs> Toby! Oh my god, when did Toby become such a mainstream on our podcast? Oh my god, <laughs> fucking Toby. Freaking Toby. Alright, but so when Walter moved out, it was me and Tori and Tori's girlfriend. And we did not have a lot of money between us. So there was a lot of hard scrabble. Which is not to say it wasn't like we were living like a, you know, like, I mean, it was hard scrabble compared to the way we were living before. And there were like a few months where it was like, one of us had to go to our parents and be like... Hey, you know, I'm not making enough money right now. Can I have some extra cash so I can pay rent? I'll pay you back. So Tori, Tori became the Mordecai and I became the Rigby of us living together. And I would always do the shenanigans that would drive Tori crazy. We had this dog that we lived with that became this like element of the unknown. And whenever any chaos happened, whenever anyone was screaming, the dog thought it was also time to scream. And so it would go from like, just like normal quiet to like us screaming 
to like super screaming. So I, I don't know. There's like something very comfortable about the regular show to me because it's like these, these losers. Like we were losers when we were living together, right? We were like nerds. We were drunk. We were weird. We weren't living life as if we were like the super cool guys, right? We weren't, we weren't frat bros. We weren't like the super cool intellectuals. We were just like weird and chubby and like would say crazy shit to people because like that was what we thought was funny. We were basically incredibly annoying and everyone hated us. No, people <laughs> loved us, but we, but we oh, weren't no one like loved me enough. <laughs> can you can you pull yourself out of your pity party, please? Can you fucking pull your shit together? Because this is a podcast. DM me to play Garden Phone. <laughs> All right, pull it together. Pull it together, baby boy. We're grown up. Collapsing. I'm no dying. collapsing. No collapsing. It's your fault for bringing in such sad stories to the podcast. <laughs> None of those stories are sad. They're all very funny. Can I ask you a question? I don't know much about your life with Tori when you guys were living together. Uh, Tori was a Mordecai and you were Rigby. Do you have a good story about you guys? There was So Tori and I would do this thing where we would get so bored in, in this philosophy class we took together. It was, I, I don't know the term, but we were, re- this is where I read Descartes and Spinoza and Leibniz and it was so fucking boring. And the class would go on for like far too long and it was early in the morning too. We've all been in a philosophy class or some equivalent where there's like a group of dudes who are like very into talking about Elon Musk and like these like fucking nerdy like neckbeard Sigma male shenanigans. And these are the dudes who will always talk over the women in class. Wait, that's me. No, well, you would. You want to know what Walter did in <laughs> philosophy class? Walter would get fucking blackout drunk. He would be quiet until something would snap in his brain and he would lift his hand and be like, well, let me tell you something. I have an idea about philosophy. And then you would say something that like only Tori or I were capable of understanding. And then one of us would translate for you. Then everyone would go from looking at you like a fucking, like someone just like cut a beefer just a nasty fart in the middle of like a funeral so like oh look at this like erudite genius no who just no needs to be translated that, no one thought i was smart dude so many people thought you said you were smart and you were just too drunk and feeling sorry for yourself like a loser to do anything about it <laughs> so these people were just intolerable right and it, it's it sucks when someone does this in a classroom setting because you as a dude are like you probably should say something to that other person but like you don't want to rock the boat and so you like feel a little guilty for like being part of the system, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Squad and, and, and then like squad, squad goals, <laughs> squad goals. And then, it, and then it gets worse, right? Because then, like the one, and it was always this way: that there was the one super handsome, super popular, super confident dude would be like, "We need to talk about philosophy." as men and how we can be better you know we need to stop talking over people meanwhile it was like four people who were doing this all we needed to do was like sit these four dudes down and be like hey no one cares about elon musk no one gives a shit about like hermetic kabbalah and ancient jewish philosophy and no one no one gives a shit about cyber cyber nonsense cyber philosophy uh but instead we had to have this like fucking huge ass nonsense discussion unfortunately this is more just showing how shitty philosophy students are like me so i apologize i am part of the problem not me i got an squad english gang! degree squad gang squad gang <laughs> As Swade said, though, that was one of my most drunk years, so I was not really engaged with that culture. Well, but you, you know what you weren't doing? You weren't mansplaining, so that was chill. Yeah, sometimes I would get so drunk that I would to leave the classroom and throw up and cry <laughs> in the bathroom. It was, it was, uh, that's not a joke. Walter would, like, <laughs> literally disappear for, like, <laughs> ten minutes, and it's like, yep, Walter's puking in the bathroom. But so I want to get back to Tori and I as Mordecai and Rigby. This class sucked. 
and there was a big oak tree outside of this classroom. And so sometimes I would give Tori a look, and then we would just both go outside and collect acorns. And I have this jacket that's like pretty easy for things to fall out of. And I remember one time when I collected a lot of acorns, I came back inside and I sat down. This didn't even happen. I just thought about how funny it would be if all the acorns fell out of my pocket. And I really, really tried not to laugh, but I lost it. So I actually had to leave the class. And afterwards, I got an email from the professor being like, hey, I hope you're okay. Just let me know if there was something in that conversation that was like not cool, that like upset you if you want to talk about it. And some some students were like, hey, are you are you okay? What happened in that classroom? Because they thought I was crying. And I had to explain to the ones I liked. Yeah, no, I just was thinking about how funny it would be if the acorns fell out of my pocket. Uh, you know, so that, that was, and I remember Tori, Tori being like trying not to laugh also, but being so frustrated at me for like not being able to keep my shit together. And so that was, that was our dynamic. And Tori and I also quoted this show a lot to each other. Yeah, Tori's humor quotes. <laughs> I don't think that's entirely fair, but it is a little bit accurate, but. There are two lines from a uh, regular show that get qu- that was got quoted a lot when Tori and I lived together. And one was one Rigby would say all the time, which was, stop talking, stop talking. And like, we would say that to each other all the time when like one of us like needed the other to be quiet, like, stop talking. And the other two is from the episode where Rigby drinks the brain juice uh, to get smarter. And he says, more smarter. And that was when Tori would look at me when we were doing homework in bed more smarter. And then the last thing I want to talk about is in this one episode where Mordecai and Rigby take their boss Benson to go to a party and they end up in a hot sauce drinking contest. Their boss eventually comes into consciousness and is like, oh my god, I drank so much hot sauce. And finally, they're like, you have to drink one more to win the contest. And they do. And then they like, they go into another world, right? Super drunk. But what I, what I want to say is that we had this really bad habit in college. Walter and I were capable of drinking a lot of alcohol. These days I get sick from just a beer. I've like, I basically stopped drinking and people liked us. We were like fun to have to play, to hang around with. People liked us. Dude, this people did like us because this kept happening. I think they came around to hang out with us because everyone else in Gadger sucks so much. I need you to, Walter, I need you to look at me right now through the camera. Are you looking at me? Can you stop feeling, can you, can you stop being such a giant whiny baby and not feel sorry for yourself for like five seconds? You know what? Everyone loved us. <laughs> such a pain in the ass. Such a fucking pain in the ass. Okay. But so we, we had this really bad habit that was like kind of an accident where, you know, people would come hang out with us and we would drink and we never made anyone drink. We were not like being like, chug, 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 but we would just keep drinking and people would follow suit. They would end up drinking enough to where they either got sick or occasionally we had to call the ambulance (laughs) and it became like this, like, worry for us where it'd be like we, we, we would just keep drinking and these other people would try and keep up with us and we'd but have how to call is this related to the hot sauce <laughs> I mean, because benson every time you and i mordecai and rigby would do this thing someone would end up drinking too much hot sauce and like when i watch that episode i get flashbacks to when like i'd see someone in the morning and they'd be like oh man fucking that was like i don't know how we did that last night and i was like yeah but meanwhile it was kind of just like a tuesday night for us <laughs> I don't know. Is this is this unlistenable? Are we just talking about how cool we were and stuff? We were not that cool. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the stories are funny. I just 
Uh, well, I miss yeah, the those stories are funny. I miss those times a whole lot, right? Like that's, that, that's I think what, I, that's, that's, that's what I mean. Like I don't know how you can tell these stories like this in such a role to like think of them as like fun. It just kind of feels like I'm sad. <laughs> well, see, but I, I I like reliving these these moments I've had with you because they like mean so much to me. But when I watch regular show, part of me misses like having a low level thing I'm expected to do, like college. Some people struggle academically, but you and I were both taking classes where all you had to do was write and both of us are pretty good at it. So we never like struggled. It was just kind of like a thing that had to be done. It was like, it was like the job that Mordecai and Rigby have. It's like low stakes, very easy to do. And we did it when we absolutely had to. And so I, I miss, I miss like being in these spaces with you and Tori. It is very specifically like us. No, not sorry, not us. I mean, like our chemistry was very specific and everyone else has their own specific chemistry, which is why the regular show becomes so relatable. But let's say we knew someone who worked at Trader Joe's and they had a really good time. They had a big crew and it seemed like at Trader Joe's, it was pretty low stakes. But if any of us was inserted into that environment, okay, I take that back. If you or me was inserted in that environment, it would not feel like the regular show, even if it was low stakes, because Tori was inserted in that environment. He had but so many fucking friends. Yeah. And it's because you have to find that person who there was, an, I think in part because there were so many people we thought were really dumb or people who like we thought were assholes that it was like us against all of these people, right? Not in like a shitty way. It sounds shitty. I don't know how to explain it without sounding shitty. Why don't you explain like this? That's like what makes it fun. Yeah. Being a loser. We were, we were losers together and it was great. Nowadays, if I did shit like that, like I can't even. I have to behave myself in public downtown because I represent the bookstore now. Like if I do dumb shit downtown, then why why do you why do you wear that face downtown? What do you mean? Yeah, because your face is just dub. Because I don't <laughs> get wrecked. That was a pretty big burn. It's a pretty good burn. It's a pretty good burn. He said, not thinking it was a good burn and thinking personally that it didn't make any sense. <laughs> So I, I, I don't know. I, I I miss that. I miss I miss not only you and Tori, but I also miss. Like if I if I am hungover, it it messes up my life because I have things I need to do. I have responsibilities that can't be like just pushed aside. I, I miss it too, and I I'm I'm not trying to be critical of you or anything like that. But you guys were kind of the people who told me to like stop whining about it. Well, yeah, because we had because we had to get. I mean, like if if we lived together now, it was like Sunday night. No, if it was like Thursday night, and you were like, "Oh, come on, let's do some stupid shit," and I'd be like, "Well, I have to be up at eight because I got to go to work." So, if we're just sharing this for fun, I understand, but you you're somehow trying to conclude something, and that's like confusing me. I don't think I'm trying to conclude everything. I'm just oh, well, the, here's the conclusion: is that when I watch regular show, it reminds me of those times, and I I really enjoy it. Like there's something about that that like makes me happy and a little melancholy all at the same time. Yeah, and that's which is why like a, I that's why I don't think being very pity baby right now mood is that surprising because yes, of course it's fun to share these stories. But in the moment of sharing them, I mean, there is a bit of like melancholy or sadness that it's that's gone. true. That's true. But see, I will also say that I I think our relate. I mean, one of the nice things about growing is you know like our relationships have changed, but like we're still close. 
I, I think that's one of the nice, like, the friendships that can weather the storms of change are the best ones. One of the things I like about the fact that, like, our relationship has changed is that I know it can keep changing and it's not going to change our connection, right? We're going to stay connected even if, like, we become business executives. Business executives is less of my worry. It's more of having children. Yeah, but, like, even then, we're still going to, you know, it's still going to be the same. It's just not going to be the same the same. Instead of doing wild shit with you... I'll do wild shit with your kids. Yeah, exactly. I'll give them the alcohol. Cool Uncle Walter comes and gives my nine-year-old a beer. No, but I, so I don't. I don't know. I I don't feel pity as much as like a warm fondness with a tinge of sad, right? Because I, you know, why would I feel bad about something? Because I still have it. It just looks different. something kind of interesting to talk about which is bathroom usage i don't want to get too blue but uh we we asked a question on twitter yeah the question we asked was do you flush then wipe or wipe then flush and we're talking about mouthwash no we're talking about using the bathroom (laughs) i did not specify because i know there are people out there who after they pee they need to wipe too um usually people with vaginas are the ones who have to do this so that I, I didn't add that into the question. So it's just like if you need to wipe after using the bathroom, do you flush then wipe or wipe then flush? And I I want to know, Walter, what was the answer? What did most people vote? Eighty-seven point five percent voted wipe ass then flush, and twelve point five percent voted flush before ass wiping. Interesting. You said you didn't specify. I guess I did. For some reason, the answers were specified. Walter, which do you do? I wipe and then flush. Really? You don't worry about clogging the toilet? No. My toilets are good and strong. If I use toilets that do clog, I change my... uh, Your mode of operation. Yeah, my mode of operation. So I'm going to put someone on blast right now. I'm not going to say her name, but I will say that I came out of her vagina. Your grandma? No, my mom, you dumb, (laughs) you dumb, dumb asshole. So my mom, I love her to death. It seems like she has one bowel movement a day. Isn't that normal? I don't know. I shit like two or three times a day, and they're always small. Okay, I'm pretty sure most people shit once a day. You know, that could be our next new... I don't know what's wrong with my mom, but she always clogs the toilet. And it drives me insane because she's like flooded our bathroom. So finally, I was like, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep clogging the toilet? And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, do you flush before you wipe or after? And she's like, after, obviously. And I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you? That's why it's clogging because the shit has to go down and the toilet paper. It's two things. If you flush, then wipe, you're never going to clog the toilet because you're always putting less to go down the tube. So I always flush, then wipe. Because I don't want to clog the toilet. So what you're actually saying is you flush, then wipe, then flush. Well, yeah, of course. Okay, I don't know if everyone who was reading this Twitter poll knew that. What do you mean? You think some people thought I was just being like, yeah, you just leave your dirty shit toilet paper in the toilet. Like, that's what you thought. Or in the trash can. That's disgusting. I actually do know people who, oh, whatever, who, (laughs) who after they finish wiping, use baby wipes and you can't flush baby wipes so you just put them in a trash can next to you and they're like it's fine they're mostly clean and i think that's the foulest thing i've ever heard well you know the real thing that's happening in the sort of trendy world now is that most people are getting a bidet yes that's true but i don't have cash for a bidet i'm also wondering if like maybe the bidet would activate and then like something would happen in me and i'd be like ooh, and then i would be distracted can i actually admit something kind of fucked up too and gross wait 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 
how gross is this? Is this like we're going to lose listeners gross? Because if so, you need to warn me and the listeners. I have no idea because my sense of gross scale is not the same as most people's. Is this as gross as you ripping fissures in your flesh and consuming them like some sort of neurotic cannibal? No, I believe no. Okay, then go ahead. Because that's our limit. Maybe it's like like that's a cannibal porn and I'm doing scat porn now. Good. I'm glad we mentioned scat porn again. Nothing, our listeners, nothing our listeners like better than when you talk about scat. I usually poop and then shower. When I do that, I don't wipe my butt. So how do you clean your ass? With the shower faucet. So you just like spread your ass cheeks? It's like a bidet. Yeah. Okay, that's not that gross. Wait, how do you get, how do you get, how do you get the faucet? Do you have like a handheld thing? Yes, I have a handheld one. Yes. Yeah, because I don't have one of those. So I would have to do some pretty intense gymnastics. to. Oh, uh, I do a bit of the fingers. Okay, well... Like the the self-masturbation anal sex. See, see, this is the problem, well, This is why no one listens to our podcast. It's because you say shit like that, man. Okay, what I was saying is that if I was going to have my shower use a bidet, I would have to, like, angle my ass so that it was, like, in front of... Because I have a shower head. I don't have one that you can, like, take off that's attached to, like, a tube. It's just, like, up in the air and it sprays down on you. And, and those I'm saying, I have used those and just use my fingers well that's gross no it's not i mean i don't know it's not that gross because it's in the shower i don't know i don't find it that gross i don't know man i don't know it's (laughs) fine i mean i also wash my ass when i get in the shower i just also wipe after i shit and you have to use your hands to clean your ass i just like like the buffer of toilet paper first i think it might be a little gross but i think it's like one of those gross things that the consequences of cleanliness right after is so extreme that no matter how gross it is it gets zeroed out I, I guess, I mean, maybe our listeners just don't, like, have such powerful poops that they have to worry about clogging the toilet. Dude, there was this one time we were at this, like, fucking, it was, it was a weird little place in Vermont. It was, like, half a thrift shop, half a cafe, and we were doing the cafe stuff, and then my mom had to use the bathroom, so she goes upstairs. She's like, we need to go. I'm like, what? And she's like, we need to go now. Pay, pay, we need to leave. Pay, 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 and we leave. And so we do, and, like, as we're driving away, my mom's like, well, I clogged the toilet, and I tried to fix it, and it just overflowed, and it started getting everywhere and we just I, I couldn't tell someone so i just had to drive away so there is a there is a there is a, a fucking a fucking thrift store in vermont that my mom like got toilet shit water all over the bathroom floor that is one thing even though you learn it it is always so hard to fucking make sure you do properly it's like one of those things like if oil lights on fire your brain immediately thinks you have to put water on it yeah but, but you yeah, stupid. yeah don't yeah. do that this is like the same thing if you clog the bathroom, the best thing to do is not to try to fix it and let the next person who needs to use it overflood it. Actually, I, no. It, you know what you actually have to do, <laughs> you fucking bastard, is just use a plunger. Have you ever unclogged a toilet in your life? Yes, but why would I have a plunger in a public toilet? They always have plungers and plungers next to the... I mean, you don't they usually? No, they don't. They usually don't. Well, the, the, the places I use bathroom these days all have plungers near them. Like, uh, like... At the at the bookstore, and I, I have I have clogged the toilet at the bookstore once or twice, and I just I just grab the plunger and I just I just do it. But yeah, without a plunger, it is a little hard to fix the toilet. You know what you have to do? That's when you actually have to use your hands, and it remains gross. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna listen to this podcast. We can't talk about bowel movements anymore. It's just like it's just like we can't. Jesus fucking Christ! I didn't even bring this up. I know I did. I did. I don't know 
what do you okay let, let me ask you a question what kind of fucking clean ass conversation were you expecting when you brought this up let me talk about fucking poo but we'll talk about it in the most clean way <laughs> oh my little pony bronies and poo no no i know i know i'm just saying like i'm disappointed that i brought this conversation here i wish i had not uh, so we have a kind of a special episode. We're going to have a guest. Uh, we're getting back to the guests. And so uh, next week, we'll be having a mystery guest um, who's never been on the show before. And we'll be talking about Walter. Incredibly underrated. Incredibly indie. Incredibly hipster. Super art house. Maybe only 10 people have watched this on Letterboxd. Only 10 people have read this on Letterboxd. Twilight. That's true. We will be watching the first Twilight film. Well, but really, if you have thoughts about Twilight, please shoot us an email uh, at fakefilmfans at gmail.com or tweet at us at, at fakefilmfans because, you know, Twilight is like a lot of people know about Twilight. So I'd really like to hear what people have to say about it. Also, shout out to our Spotify listeners. I didn't realize how many people listen to our podcast on Spotify. So uh, shout out to Spotify people. You guys are the real MVPs. Really? They, there's a lot? I'm yeah. joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't get the joke. We have no listeners. Yeah, fuck off. We need to be positive. Positive, Walter. <laughs> oh, guarding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank everyone for listening. And uh, remember, if you're going to watch a movie, do it with the lights off. Oh, my God.